Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for a turn number 749. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Yismach at Take10Fortorah.org. Today's 10 is sponsored, Le'ili Nishmas, Yosef Yitzchak ben Yisrael Yechiel. May the Torah we learn be an aliyah for his neshama. So one of the backdrops of Sviras HaOmer and the period of time in which we count between Pesach and Shavuos is the death of Rabbi Kiva's students. I wanted to talk about Rabbi Kiva specifically because Rabbi Akiva, I think, is the antidote, or perhaps was the refuah kodem lamaka, the uh, antidote before the affliction of the death of his students. Rabbi Akiva, of course, although he was the teacher of all those people, did not uh, succumb to their problem. Perhaps he wasn't able to teach them past it, but he was very different. And so Rabbi Akiva is the one who has the students, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, in his second round of students, of acquiring students. And what happens is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai becomes the next generation of Rabbi Akiva students. That perhaps is what we celebrate on Lagba Omer, the survival of some. But I want to talk about the character and the personality of Rabbi Akiva himself, because most of the stories that we have about Rabbi Akiva throughout the Gemara really focus on one specific element of his personality where you see a very particular style to Rabbi Kiva. And so these, uh, there's a Mesechus Avast Rabbi Nason, so it talks about Rabbi Kiva, what was Rabbi Kiva's beginning? What was his origin story? Every superhero has an origin story. Rabbi Kiva also has an origin story. So it says, Amru ben Arboim shana haya shana klum. When he was 40 years old, he had never learned. And at one point, he was standing by the mouth of a well. He wondered who hollowed out Micha Kak Evanzu, who hollowed out the stone. And it was told to him, it was responded, Oh, I'll tell you. It's the water that constantly falls every single day on the stone. He quotes a verse, which is interesting, because he didn't know anything yet. But, Rabbi Kiva takes a look at the stone, hewn by the water, and makes a kavachomer in his own mind. He says, says, soft water, which is able to penetrate and shape the hard stone, divrei Torah shekashen kabarzal, which is harder than iron, it can change my perspective, it can go and wear away at my heart and change the way I live. And so he goes immediately to learn Torah. Now in that moment, in that moment what we see is Rabbi Akiva is incredibly reflective, first of all, but more so, he's able to take something which I think most people would dismiss as, yeah, that takes eons for the water to be able to affect the stone. Now that's not something that speaks to me. Yeah, Rabbi Akiva spun it and saw the positive in all of it. He understood that there needs to be a positive interpretation. His interpretive style was to look at the world in a positive way. We know the Gemara in Makos. The Gemara in Makos talks about Rabbi Kiva and how he applied this attitude, this positive interpretive style. He did so uh, commonly. The story goes that he was walking with a bunch of rabbis and they hear the celebrations of the Romans. And again, this is soon after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So he hears the celebrations of the Romans and all of his compatriots, his colleagues, are very upset. They start to cry because how do these villainous people, how do these terrible people who did such terrible things to the Jewish people, how can they be succeeding at this level? To which he starts to laugh. They ask him, why is he laughing? He says, why are you crying? They explain and he says, that's why I am 
laughing. I am laughing because of the fact that these people are getting rewarded for whatever it is that they did, which was good. They are enjoying life. Now, so much more so, we the Jewish people who are doing the truly right thing, that is all the more impressive, and therefore we should be laughing, because if the Romans get this, we get all the more, and we will reap the benefits of all that we have done right. Again, the famous story that follows is him walking with the same people in Yerushalayim near the Makom HaMikdash, the place of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. A fox comes out of the ruins. They start crying. They explain. We start. They're crying because Shualim Yelchubo, a place where the uh, the Kodesh HaKadoshim was, the Holy of Holies was, is going to be a place where foxes roam. He starts laughing. Why are you crying? Why are you laughing? He says, I'm laughing because we see very, very clearly that the prophecies of destruction took place. So to the prophecies of rebuilding building will take place. And the beautiful response that his colleagues have to him is, uh, They responded as thus, Akiva nichamtanu, Akiva nichamtanu, Akiva you've consoled us, Akiva you've consoled us. I've suggested that the reason we have this double expression is because after the first story, after the first story, there is no response because they think he's crazy. You know, how do you go and look at the success of the Romans and the celebration of the Romans and be happy about that? He had a way. And But they said, you know, people like that are just, you know, wacko. People who totally don't understand what's going on. They have a positive spin on everything. But when they saw him do it again, they realized that, no, it's a style, it's a methodology. And so they understood that this is something they can do as well. And Akiva Nicham Tanu, they were... They uh, were expressing their nechama, their consolation, not only for the second story, but for the first story as well. Akibin Nechamtanu comes up a couple of times. Akibin Nechamtanu comes up as well when Rabbi Yeshua is told by Rabbi Gamliel that you have to go and follow his psak, his halachic decision vis-a-vis Rav Shchodesh. And that had ramifications for Yom Kippur. And Rabbi Yeshua disagreed about when Yom Kippur should be. And the Mishnah tells us that he uh, he didn't want to accede um, to Rabbi Gamaliel's request. Rabbi Gamaliel had requested that he goes on Yom Kippur, which was Yom Kippur to Rabbi Yeshua, but not to Rabbi Gamaliel. And he comes and is Machal of Yom Kippur. He travels to him and does things that one's not supposed to do on Yom Kippur. So he goes to Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva explains that, no, you're supposed to do this, you need to do this, because it, it uh, really gives credence to the authority of Halacha and the authority of Bezdin. And again, he responds to him, you've consoled me, you've consoled me, which as well is the same idea. People who see the worst possible understanding of a situation, they see Rabbi Gamil doing things that he shouldn't be doing, he's, t- he's overdoing his power, Rabbi Yeshua feels wrong, and he does. He feels dismissed. But no, Rabbi Kiva is able to understand it in a more positive and useful way, and that's uh, that's what he does. Uh, truly, the whole story of Rabbi Kiva's students doesn't come up in the context of Sphira Saomer. As I mentioned before, the context of Rabbi Kiva's students dying during Sphira is about a Pasuk and Kohelis, in the morning, you're supposed to sow your seed, and in the evening, you should not relent. You should keep doing it. And so the Gemara gives an example there. If you learn Torah when you're young, you should do so when you're old. If you have Talmidim, you'll do so. If you have students when you're young, you should also have more students when you're older. Never give up. Always be pushing forward, be pushing ahead. If you have children when you're young, and the Gemara says you should have children when you're older. That's the context of which Rabbi Akiva's story is told. Rabbi Akiva, the hero, uh, it's not necessarily about the students in this Gemara. It's not about the students dying. It's about Rabbi Kiva rebuilding. So once again, Rabbi Kiva, we find that attitude with him. There are many Gemaras. When Rabbi Kiva was taken out for execution, the Gemara says, so it was the time to say the Shema, and as the Gemara terribly describes, he was there was Sarkinus Besar of Masriko Shel Barzal. They were combing his flesh with iron combs. He said Shema, 
as this was happening, the student says, our teacher, Rabbi Akiva, Adkan, I mean, really, at this point, you're saying, Shema, don't you have other things to worry about? He says, All my life, I wanted to understand how in the world somebody fulfills the precept of serving God with all of your soul, even if they are taking your life. He says, when I have the opportunity, I'm going to fulfill it. All of this all of this time, I wondered how I can fulfill this. He saw this moment as the fulfillment of a mitzvah, this terrible, terrible moment. Now, this, of course, comes from his general notion. There's a story called the Avid Rahman al-Tav would say, whatever God does is for the best. He has a terrible story where everything he comes, he comes to a village, of course they, they don't let him in, and he has to spend his night in the open field. He had a, he had a, a, a rooster, he had a donkey, he had a lamp, a gust of wind comes and, and puts out his lamp, and a weasel comes and eats the rooster, a lion comes and eats the donkey, and he says, okay, call David Rahman al-Tava, but it's fine, it's good, whatever it is, it's for the best. And then what happens, the village that didn't let him in, and all of this occurs outside of that village, uh, there are robbers and thieves who come and pillage the village, and because of the light being out, they didn't see him, and because of the rooster being dead, they don't hear him, and because of the um, uh, the donkey uh, being killed, so they don't hear its bring, and he survives. And so he says, even in the bad, there is good. This is his philosophy. Where does he get it from? He gets this from his teacher. The Gemara Chagiga says, Shol Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kiva, Shayim Alch Maderach, Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Kiva were traveling. Amalei, Ata Sheshimashta Es Nachem Ish Gamzu, Esim Mishtaim Shana. You served under Nachem Ish Gamzu, Nachem the man of Gamzu for twenty-two years. He asks him a question based on his experience with this man. But who is this man? This was a man who was called Nachem Ish Gamzu. Some people say it's because he was from a place called Gamzu. He was the man of Gamzu. And others understand that, no, he was the guy who always had on his lips Gamzu Latova. This, too, is for the good. And this is the same line as called Avid Rahman Latav Avid. Anything that God does is for the good. It's just the Hebrew version of that Aramaic. And what we have over here, beautifully, is Rabbi Kiva learns from his teacher, and he teaches his students the notion of everything being for the best. It's our interpretive style which allows us to decide how we are to experience what goes on in this world. Have a great day.